0: Welcome to Lord, Chicago history you didn't learn in school. I am joined again by John Zinn so we can discuss Ed Burke. A few things I forgot to mention. Ed Burke has a brother named Ann Burke who was an Illinois representative, and they tried to bribe him in Operation Silver Chubble, but he didn't accept the bribe because he knew there was something fishy about it. And as of Tuesday, it has been 837 days since a city council member has been indicted by the FBI or the DOJ. Mm. (laughs) I've imagined, so I get the construction site, like how many days you've gone without an injury?
1: Without an accident. Yeah. Remember the office? I just pictured chalkboard erasing it and then going zero.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it will be zero soon. Because uh, for the first time in Chicago's history, a sitting alder was found guilty of an ethics violation and fined $20,000.
1: That's the first time? I didn't pick up that part. That's the first time that's happened.
0: First wow. time ever. Okay. Wow. Uh, notably, that 20000 is a fraction of the 100000 the city must pay to the constituent that he harassed. Uh, a little note up front, readers, I have opinions about today's topics, and some of those, to be really responsible, are based on assumptions that I'm making. Therefore, in preparing for today's episode, I've done, I think, my best to simply supply you with the facts of an actual court drama. During Haunted Halls, and while his wife Anne was running... A campaign to be judge. The Burks, in their fifties, became foster parents. Okay. Ed Burke is a year older than my dad. They have four grown children. So the start zone is the end of nineteen ninety five. They have one baby. But now we're going to enter a person known in the media as Baby T. Okay. He was born in. 1996 to a addict named Tina Olison. The Burks took him in as a foster when he was eight days old. And given what we know about babies going to drug, drug addicted moms, this wasn't an easy undertaking. I want to be upfront about that. I want to appreciate that. It wasn't an easy undertaking and, I'm sure the heart was in the right place. Yeah. Because one thing that I, I, I haven't mentioned is it Burke also co-started the Special Olympics. Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
2: hmm Okay.
0: Not total monsters. Oh, and baby T is black. Okay. Ed Burke, the man known for obstructing Harold Washington is fostering a black baby born to an addicted woman. Hmm. Now, Tina Ollison has two other children who were raised by her mother. She was a drug addict for 17 years. And her oldest one was, if not 18 at the time, close to it. And the other one is known as Baby B., And these children were being raised by her mother. When she got pregnant a third time, her mother refused to take in the third baby. However, at that time, the state offers her the option to get clean. And she does. She goes to rehab. Mm -hmm. Does baby T get returned to his formerly addicted mom who did what the system demands? DCSF tries to declare her unfit to be a parent because she let her older child go down a slide headfirst and fed baby T a Cheeto. Acronym
1: you just mentioned was Department of Child Protective Services, or I'm not getting the order right, I'm sure.
0: But Department of Child Family Services, DCSF. Yeah. D- Got it. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so they want to have her declared unfit because DCS, DCS FS, Department of Child and Family Services.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, they want to have her declared unfit because she went down. What her older child, probably about six or seven, go down a slide head first, and she fed a toddler a Cheeto. Or, as my mom pointed out, children have been going down slides headfirst for centuries. And swinging
1: over the top of swings and falling off of monkey bars. And
0: And this is from the Chicago Sun-Times, written by a woman named Mary Mitchell, who likens herself to be or was likened to be. The what Royko was for blue collar readers, she was for black and poor readers. Okay, huh. and she wrote, but Olison refused to backslide. She rebuilt her life piece by piece. She acquired a skill, joined a church, got a couple of jobs to keep herself occupied. She found an apartment in a decent neighborhood. You would think DCFS would have applauded such efforts and held Olison up as an example to other women struggling to just make it through counseling and parenting classes. Instead, DCFS officials fought her progress every step of the way. I think they are trying to make me go back on drugs, Olison once remarked after a day of running back and forth between DCFS offices and a private agency. She's doing everything she can, and, it, it, and she's not backsliding. In October 1998, we have a trial. The Burks want to adopt him, and she wants him back. And as I mentioned, the state intends to declare her on fit as a mother. Okay. Under oath, the lead DCFS social worker said he was taken off the case when the agency opted to move forward, to not move forward with unification, saying, and I quote, was not wholeheartedly supporting the adoption goal. So he wasn't so so wholeheartedly supporting this. And he got taken off the case.
1: He was not supporting the adoption. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: He added, quote, that DCFS should drop the reunification goal because Baby T's mother, Tina Olison, had successfully completed drug treatment in 1996 and was in therapy and had finished school to become a certified nursing assistant. And, and he claimed that the agency was putting way too much reliance on a 1989 psych evaluation of sorts report saying that she has bipolar disorder. A few things. To my knowledge, having bipolar disorder is not cause to not reunify a child with their parent. But it's also worth noting, in 1989, she was addicted to cocaine and PCP. Mm -hmm. Maybe she didn't have bipolar. She was a black woman with an all-white DCSF team who tried to paint her as angry. This is from the Sun-Times. Psychiatrist Danielle Merstein said the Protection Association report wrongly implied that Olison, a former cocaine addict, is, quote, is chronically angry, looking for something to vent her anger on when all the evidence is to the contrary. The only issue she got angry about was the removal of her son said Merstein who testified on the second week of Olison's trial mm-hmm. so she had a human reaction to not getting her child yeah
1: and that language that's terrible coded language about looking for something to get angry about you know that
2: oh just wait so gross oh
0: Yeah, I said this is this has been one of one of the it's icky public guardian Patrick Murphy and the public guardian is in Illinois the lawyer for the children Mm -hmm. the Burks have a lawyer Olson has a lawyer and then the kids have a lawyer and he wrote a letter to DCFS citing 106 cases, quote, in which DCFS has asked that children be returned home to their parents whose drug abuse was as bad or worse as Olison's and who took longer to make the progress Olison did, end quote. She's living in a recovery center and she's scheduled to have weekly visits with baby T but the social worker seldom showed up. This is from the Sun-Times again. In October 1996, Allison said Cook County Public Defender Darren Bowden told her she couldn't win because Ann Burke was the child's foster parent. And isn't it true that every time you tried to get a judge to hear hear your case, they would recuse themselves, Assistant Cook County Public Guardian Alfreda Austin said, "Yes." Olson answered, nodding vigor- vigorously. Was appointed to hear the case after Olson's lawyer Anita Rivkin Carithers. Kick, I'm going to butchering that one, but C A R O C H E R S. After uh, successfully argued to the state supreme court that Olson could not get a fair hearing from a Cook County judge because of the Burke's influence.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We now have a Kane County judge.
1: Mm-hmm. i was just going to ask it that. Way.
0: Okay. I should also now mention here that prior to this, Burke was the former general counsel of the DCFS.
1: Mrs. Burke was?
0: How? Huh? When she was a lawyer.
2: Okay. wow. <laughs>
0: Oh, no. uh, there's yeah. And so it in this case, and I don't know if it's standard, but in this case, visitation only happened if it was convenient for the foster parents. Lawyers argue that she only wants the kid back because he was placed in the home of a white judge.
1: Not because. It's her kid.
2: She. Who is it? severely addicted to drugs until
0: two years ago, claims to have no idea who the Burks are. Okay. And I believe her.
1: Yes. K- it, 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 that's possible. That's entirely possible.
0: I don't think I knew who Ed Burke was well. when, when this was happening. I had to her, but not. After the 19-day trial, the judge rules that Tina is fit in the case of Baby T, but not when it comes to her His older brother. He's fit
1: for the case of baby T, but not for the case of his brother.
0: Because she didn't get off drugs sooner.
1: Got it. Okay.
0: From the Sun Times, I will never disrespect them, but I would like to tell them how I feel, calmly, that I don't appreciate them using their power to keep my baby so long, said Allison, who has never been allowed unsupervised visits with Baby T and has not seen him since September. And it looks like she'll be getting custody back. <laughs> She's got to take mandatory drug tests and pass through some hoops. Less than three weeks later, the Sun-Times prints this. In the Illinois Department of Child and Family Services on Friday, asked for a closed court hearing to discuss a dispute over visits in the Baby T custody case. Cook County Public Guardian Patrick Murphy has accused the agency and foster mother, Ann Burke, of trying to sabotage visits between Baby T and his mother, Tina Oleson. Judge Judith M. Braca has ordered that the child be reunited with Oleson and that visits between the two be monitored during a transition. But Oleson has not had any visits With her son, since a private agency was appointed to oversee him. A hearing is set for 2 p.m. Monday in juvenile court. The judge orders that a private child welfare agency, H E P Z I B A H, I want to say HABZA. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to say it. I might imply that they're terrorists accidentally. Um, I know. A month later, they want nothing to do with this because Olson is accusing them of watching her mother's house. Now, I'd be open to thinking that there might be somebody watching her mother's house. I just don't think it would be the private child welfare agency.
1: It might be another entity. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. This brings us to December of 1990. So that we're now, this is what was happening until the middle of December. Fast forward to February, 1999. The Cook County Guardian starts to question if reunification is in the best interest of Baby T saying, all I can say is it's very, very complex case. At this point, we haven't decided whether to support her.
1: Whether to support uh,
0: The reunification. Mm Mm-hmm. This is based on some evaluations. To be really fair, too, Baby T is getting older. And it is also having to look at what's in the best interest of the child. They, though, the Burks start to claim that Baby T has a mysterious, special, quote-unquote, condition. Mary Mitchell basically said, or he's a toddler. Or
2: Were he these- could... What? If
1: they are implying some kind of physical condition.
0: No, mental. Okay. Or, um, or emotional. Okay. Um, some of the and they it, they go into some of the they don't ever specify it, but it. A lot of it could just be normal toddler boy stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It could be that he was born to a drug addicted woman,
2: mm.
0: or it could be ADHD,
2: right, or any of the yeah.
0: Or a combination of all of them.
1: That many children across all spectrums are are affected by. Yep.
0: Yeah. And things that, you know, like, as Mary Mitchell's like, I've never seen a toddler that's perfectly behaved. Yeah.
1: That's why there's no toddler dinner parties, really. Yeah.
0: And if there's a book called No, You're Not a Bad Parent, Your Toddler's Just an Asshole.
2: Yeah.
0: Kina's mother testifies. And... She says she told DCFS many times since he was six months old that she wanted the child placed with her. Also, now they're recommending that the older child be placed with Tina. Okay. Oh, none of the logic in this case makes any sense. The defense calls in a licensed social worker, Samela Abdullah. This is from the Sun-Times. Abdullah said Ann Burke, an appellate court judge, told her that she would have Baby T attend integrated schools but, quote, saw no reason to do anything special, end quote, to raise a black gi- child in a majority white society. Hmm. She said Ann Burke quote, did not seem to have the understanding that the child needed to be grounded in his own cultural identity before moving out into an integrated society. You can also get that liberal colorblindness of it. Yeah. And for fun in March, I'll have you know, I went through every headline in the Chicago Sun-Times every article that had Baby key in it. In Trump in, in Trump, in March 1998, there's a headline that says, Trump may select Gary for pageant. I don't know why that made me laugh so hard.
2: Oh, was
0: weird. weird. Nixon takes the stand and says, the Burks are making things difficult. You think? So, this is from the Sun-Times. Alderman Edward M. Burke, 14th. And his wife, Anne, told child welfare workers that olson could only visit the child two days a week because of his daycare schedule. olson testified under questioning by attorney Anita Ripkin Carruthers. Yes, that's the word. Okay, Carruthers. <laughs> olson said Anne Burke had refused to work with her to schedule visits with the child, never returned her phone calls, And told the Department of Children and Family Service worker that she, quote, didn't want anything to do with me, end quote. They also had him baptized Roman Catholic. Which is a. A presumptive. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: A big ballsy. Yes. So they wanted her to consent to having her already supervised visits videotaped also regarding the visits. They were scheduled for when she was working. So she would either need to take time off from work or quit her job, either of which would probably be another strike against her.
1: Yeah. Yes, for sure. mm mm-hmm.
0: In March, the judge ruled in favor of Tina, and they have a year to transition Baby T to his mother. The, d- d- the judge does say Baby T is, quote, ba- baby, baby T, quote, is not a prize you have won. He is not the spoils of war after a battle. This child has certain rights, which I think is a weird thing to say after you just finished custody or case. And they did say it was almost like a contentious divorce from the Sun-Times. Bracca also denounced a psychiatric team's report on the child that did not consider his race and that of the Burks, saying, unless the position of the department is there is no such thing as African-American culture, this issue deserves more attention than to check a box that says not applicable, said Bracca. Who is white?
1: Well, yes, uh, that's right. <laughs> i am tell you.
2: Well,
0: she. Unless it. there's
1: no such thing as African American culture. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nah, for God's sakes.
0: She told the Burks and Olison to cooperate after more than a year of quarreling over the boy's future. Okay. And she said, and her quote was You are neither a devil nor a saint, nor a villain nor a hero, and neither are the Burks. They treated your child lovingly, and everything went swimmingly. only the d c f s can appeal that decision and then, on March seventeenth nineteen ninety nine the headline reads: "Baby T ruling gets federal attention. The article says, and I'm just going to read this because it." It's a long, longer, but it just, it's legal complicated law shit. Uh-huh. The Civil Rights Office of the Health and Human Services Department launched the preliminary probe following a court ruling last week that baby T should transfer within a year from foster care with all Edward M. Burke, 14th, and his wife to the boy's mother. The U.S. Office of Civil Rights... Health and Human Services, has requested the transcripts from the Baby T case and are reviewing it to see whether it was in conflict with the Federal interethnic Placement Act, said Jess McDonald, Director of the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services. They go on to say, the act underscores the idea that a state can't delay Or deny foster care adoption based on race of either the child or the adults involved, said Michael Catherine, a health department spokesperson. The article goes on to say, officials in Washington confirmed that the Chicago office requested the transcript because, quote, there is a lot of public attention to this case and a lot of references by the media to race in the decision, end quote.
1: Absorbing that one. Okay. But, yeah.
0: Yeah. I lived here then, and this wasn't on my radar, but sure. I
1: don't know. I was just thinking that, too. <laughs> okay. I had moved here. I had moved to Chicago, like, two years ago, two years before this, a year and a half before this, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I was, this
2: was
0: happening, granted, I was a senior in college, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't even on my radar. And then you get all of the letters to the editor and the editorials. And this is the only home he's ever known. And then I found, and I'm just including this because it's, I'm going to be snarky about this one. I found a Sneed column from this time and it's titled, Involvement Dilemma, Not Limited to Kosovo.
1: okay. Wasn't expecting that word. Okay.
0: I'm just going to read it. But it made me reflect on the wisdom of a person who wasn't at our table. My friend, Ann Burke, the foster mother of baby T, who is living her own nightmare these days. For years, Burke has been pressuring me and her friends to become foster parents. There are so many babies who need our help, she told us. They need loving foster parents. We can't turn our backs on them. Are you nuts, I said. Why would I want to take a baby into my home and fall in love with them only to lose them one day? I don't have the guts, the courage. But Bert and her husband, Ed, did. They took a chance and provided a loving home for a tiny infant born drug addicted. And every single time their foster child Stiffened in my arms because of the after effects of drugs, I wondered how they had developed the strength to become foster parents. The end of this story. The Burks lost their battle to raise their foster child. So it is in Kosovo. Do we get involved because people are suffering and need our help? No matter what the consequence?
1: The, the white privilege. just.
0: I know. I
1: Repping off of it.
0: She kept No, Now, granted, I also don't remember Kosovo very well because I was, again, in college. I know that it's bad. I know that would be like. It'd be like. Comparing what's happening in Ukraine with taking in a foster kid. Yeah. Which is so weird. Like. Like, almost like I want to talk about Kosovo. And I want to make everybody feel really bad for the Burks, So I'm going to mash them into one topic.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. Not at all related.
0: And just any listener who doesn't know Sneed's column, it talks about unrelated things every day, but in ways that make sense. Like you can have an article, a blurb from Sneed about Trump possibly having a pageant and Gary and an article about baby teeth. No need to mash
1: them up. <laughs> no need to do mashups. I mean,
0: I would say, yeah. Kirk
1: call was like, a, it was on the spectrum of hitting the zeitgeist or not, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Sometimes where it's yes, thank you. And then sometimes where it's, oh, no, that's not culturally where we are.
0: Yeah. That was, but maybe it was totally culturally where we were in 1998.
1: Some part of the culture, not all of it.
0: This is an insane comparison and tells you it creates the ethos of a lot of the non-news items that were happening around this article. So as part of seeing Baby Key, he has got to be drug tested before and after each visitation. His mom does. Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah. I do And they have originally, she's being tested at a methadone clinic.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it comes back Positive for heroin, codeine, and morphine, which stalls the unsupervised visits. They send it to an independent lab out east, and surprise, it's clean. Yeah, because <laughs> if she's gonna kind of backslide, she's gonna kind of backslide. You tend to go back to the drugs you did.
2: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like Which none of those three were, yeah. Okay, and
0: I don't think she's in her thirties. I don't think she, I think if she had wanted to try heroin, she probably would have done it before then. Mm-hmm. Tina sues DCFS, and then in August of 1999, Judge Braca warns Tina that she needs to cooperate with her assigned family therapist, and Tina does not like her assigned family therapist from the sun times to expect me to trust nanos will be very difficult i'm going to make that effort for my children my thought here and i'm doing trying to do very little editorializing on this for reasons that i think are becoming more and more clear as i read it you're trying to reunify a mother and their child or just trying to help someone Wouldn't you want them to trust their therapist, and if they don't, get them a new therapist?
1: Yes, is my answer.
0: Ah, it makes no sense. For therapy to work, you've got to be comfortable with your therapist.
2: Yes, or else it doesn't
1: progress, yes.
0: The next hearing is scheduled for September 13th to check in on Olison's progress. The September headline is... Baby T's mom called ill-equipped. Now, quote, I'm getting ready to read this quote. In sessions over the last five months, Olison has not demonstrated, quote, unquote, empathy needed to care properly for the emotionally troubled three-year-old born with cocaine in his system, John Stokes said. She would fail him, Stokes said he would probably end up an angry kid.
1: Institutionalized racism.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it is that buzzword of angry and. Yes. And yeah. lots of kids who come from non-drug abuse home end up angry kids.
1: Also, hashtag, it's okay to have emotions. And anger
0: is one of them. Oh. Yeah. Also that. And there's, there's not an example of this is how she doesn't show empathy.
1: Yes. Good point. Good point. Yeah.
0: I'm also the thought that if she
2: is willing to go through this to get her kid back,
0: she's been taking parenting classes, all this stuff. I don't know what they want from her.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. If she didn't. She has demonstrated she cares, right? Mm-hmm. she would not do this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Burks file a lawsuit. They have never met with Tina face to face from the Sun Times. Instead, the judge said the goal should be for Olison to be reunited with baby Key in 12 months. And with the other son, baby B, who is in custody of Olison's mother in five months. The hearing is a six month review of whether Olison is making progress towards the goal. Each child remains in foster care. EFS caseworker Arthur Bishop testified Wednesday that he does not think Olison is making satisfactory practice. So, riddle me this just riddle me this. How are you making satisfactory practice for one child,
2: not the other? Yeah, it's not. Yeah.
0: On October 19th, 1999, the headline reads, Baby T goes to the Burks, awarding permanent custody to Ed and Ann. An article titled, Olison's Fight Will Likely Go On, Mary Mitchell, who I mentioned earlier, starts her column by asking, how could a white man who is remembered best in the African-American community for his role in the racial polarization that erupted when Harold Washington was elected mayor, be granted guardianship of a Black child over the objections of a Black mother? That was the question on the lips of just about everyone I ran into over the weekend in emails, faxes, phone calls, and face-to-face conversations African-Americans are outraged over what happened to Tina Olesen. They should be. I will include it in the show lens. Mary Mitchell herself had a sister who was a drug addict. And she became the guardian of her niece when her niece was a toddler. When her niece, I got got choked up on the story. When her niece was a preteen, her sister decided to get clean. And she, I drove, I picked her up, I stayed. She, because I know I love, even though I'm the legal mother, I love my kid enough to do what's right for her. And she will want her mom.
1: Yeah. And remind me, Ms. Mitchell, she was a sometimes columnist. It was a like, Sun Suntime- yeah, So Like social issues and social and city issues, right?
0: Well, social and city. She did not follow. She was not the person that followed the baby tea case. She just piped in every once in a while. She'd been a paralegal and she really gave voice to non-white poor people. Mm-hmm. Which is somebody that needs a voice. So I found a quote in the Tribune around this because I did... Just to be clear, I didn't just read the Sun-Times, but I'll get into that in a minute. I read a lot about Patrick Murphy, who was the, I forget his name, the kid's lawyer kind of thing.
2: Yeah, uh, mm-hmm.
0: it, It's a frustration shared by Murphy, who had been a staunch advocate for Olsen until last week, when his office recommended the child remain with the Burks because of Olsen's failure to cooperate. He called the case quote, a tragedy, unquote, that might have had a different outcome had she not been distracted by the spotlight. I really like her, said Murphy, lauding Olison for kicking her 20-year drug habit. I think she's a very good woman who got shafted by the system that caved into political power. Then she was shafted by supporters who clamored on board and whispered in her ear, and used her for their own political purposes. But in a year, these supporters won't be around. Okay, now I see why he
1: said this was going to be really frustrating. This is, yes, laying all of this blame and all of this duty on this young Black woman who actually made it out of terrible circumstances but blaming her for the whole situation. And no one else.
0: Yeah. Now, this is what I'm going to tell you. This is why I appreciate the Sun-Times reporting on this. Because first of all, they didn't get into the emotionalism of things like this. They just told you what was happening in the courtroom, which is beneficial to how I wanted to present this. Mm-hmm. I could read a million quotes from this person and that person, which might ultimately be in terms of journalism better, but in terms of just, this is what happened in the court right, I also want to point out just a couple other headlines. The New York Times headline of March 9th, 1999, a uh, former cocaine user regains child in racial custody case. It's so gross.
1: Former cocaine
0: user. Yeah. Every part of it is sometimes in the Tribune, newspapers actually have to, if you're just catch just reading that, like. Why doesn't this woman have her child? They have to tell you. I appreciate when people tell you things, but they don't have to put it in the title.
1: No, and not to make your identity that. Not appropriate.
0: The Washington Post? Powerful couple wins child custody case.
1: Yeah, I see. And there's the other side of it. See? Powerful couple. That's your identity. Not caring for a kid. Powerful couple. Yeah.
0: Researching this, I found a Neil Steinberg, who used to write for the Sun-Times, has a blog. And this, I think, will tell you what I'm not including in the That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind.
1: This is the story of Harry Dallowance and how he rose from nothing to become New
2: York's King of the Egg Cream.
0: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to
2: King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Some of the quotes I'm not providing. This is written after Ed Burke got indicted in 2019. Back then, the Burks were controversial because they had become foster parents to a black baby, Baby T, and the child's biological mother, finding out the powerful couple, caring for her baby thanks to her own neglect and sensing opportunity, tried to claw the poor kid back. The city desk sent me to cover a speech by Judge Burke, and this resulted. Note, the Burks eventually got the child back and raised him to maturity. Those looking to condemn the Burks in all things often lump in their decision to care for a foster child as if it were somehow, as if they kidnapped the boy for their own nefarious ends rather than saved him from a life of neglect. It's a, it's
2: a, it's a lot for a woman who is not like. First of all, they
0: apparently no one gave a shit about the other baby.
2: Yeah,
0: and. Did the kid? Did that kid end up angry? Did he have a life in neglect?
1: Yeah. Yes. How? Uh, who's helping him, and how can we?
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: And yeah. She got visitation. One visitation for five hours each.
2: Olison did. Apparently,
0: at age four, baby T still wore diapers and used a bottle. My niece potty trained later in life. I realized what I thought. She potty trained at three and a half because my mom is a big proponent that you don't force a kid to potty train before they're ready. And because it gets done in a day if they're ready. But four is really old. And using a bottle, it, yeah. Now, now this is from November 19th, 1999, the Sun Times. Baby T's mother filed an appeal Wednesday of a judge's decision awarding guardianship of the three-year-old boy to Alderman Edward Burke, 14, and his wife, Illinois appellate court judge Ann Burke. Tina Olson's attorneys said they recently obtained documents showing that Baby T's behavioral problems are not as severe as testimony indicated. She is having unsupervised supervised visits with baby T every two weeks and still going through therapy to regain custody of an eight-year-old son. January 4th, the Berkswin guardianship, Judge Judith Blanca cuts the mom's visitation from six hours a week to four hours every other week. Okay. Notably, she does not sever parental rights. Okay. And I don't know, I didn't look into the law here, but that might be... Because I know in Michigan, if you have parental rights severed for one child, it's severed for all. They're not going to say you're a really bad parent here, but not a bad parent there, which is in essence what they're still saying without doing that.
2: Okay. Because at the same
0: hearing, she awarded her, all us in custody of her eight-year-old son.
2: At the same... What? What?
0: None of it makes sense, which is also why I'm trying what when I was writing, why I didn't editorialize because none of it makes sense. And I've been sitting with this since the beginning of August. Yeah. OK. In March, the Sun-Times writes this. A judge on Friday chastised the mother of baby T for telling the four-year-old boy that his legal guardian, appellate judge and Burke, is not his natural mother. Judge Judith Braca also criticized the mother. Tina Olison for losing her temper in front of Baby T after a visit with him was canceled February 15th. The judge decided that Olison may continue her unsupervised visits with Baby T every other week, as long as she's not a threat to his safety. Still, bracca entered an order of protection prevents Olison from talking to Baby T about his relationship with his gay guardians, Ann Burke, and her husband, Ald Ed Burke, 14th. At some point in time, she fires her attorneys. And in fact, by November 2000, we have the Sun-Times, the mother of Baby T fired her 13th lawyer Friday after a judge rejected her request for unsupervised visits with her four-year-old son, whose legal guardians are Illinois appellate judge Ann Burke and Ald Ed Burke. 15th, Tina Olison, who is black, accused the Burks, who are white, of failing to fulfill Baby T's cultural needs as an African-American. Quote, this is not even about the best interest of Baby T, Olison said. This is about power and influence. Baby T is in a slavery situation. Are you there? Are you just so stunned?
1: Yeah, I just was absorbing that. Yeah.
0: Their lawyer, the Burke's lawyer, Marina Amendola, argued Friday that supervised visits could be could upset Baby T because Olson would continue to discuss the fact that she is his birth mother, something he is unable to understand yet. Miss Olson continues to raise the quote-unquote mommy issues, she said.
1: But apparently, he can understand that his adoptive mother is like a a appellate court judge, right? Yeah, totally knows that he gets, and that is clear. But
0: that is clear. In October, two thousand and one, the Illinois Supreme Court declines to hear the case. That's it. That's the end of the story. That's the end of.
2: (laughs) Um, What are your thoughts so far?
1: Oh my God. This was, you were right in that it was very, this was very affecting. Isn't it? Very affecting.
0: Yeah. And I I think it's a part of the Burke history that not a lot of people are aware of.
1: I I certainly
0: wasn't. I reached out to somebody who covers the Burke beat. And I don't, they moved here after this, but they're like, I don't know about this. Wow. Let's visit Corruption Corner. Allison's lawyer went on to be a judge. Anita Rifkin Carruthers, whose nephew was Alderman Isaac Ike Carruthers of the 29th, was she was appointed by the Illinois Supreme Court in two thousand and seven. Alderman Isaac Carruthers went to jail, as did his father and his father's brother. They were also aldermen, but. That's a story for another time. <laughs> Ann Burke was acquaint- appointed to the Supreme Court of and I in 2007.:
1: Supreme Court, yes, okay.
0: And she won a 10-year term in 2008. Arthur Bishop one of the caseworkers. He was appointed to run the DCFS in 2014. A month later, he res- resigned after it was revealed that he denied the existence of a daughter, Department of Child and Family Services.
1: Yeah, enough that. Mm-hmm.
0: Erica was born in 1986. He was married to somebody who wasn't Erica's mom. And in 2003, the mother took him to court. He denied it, but they had a DNA test. He was defended by Marina E. Amendola,
2: the Burks lawyer. Wow.
0: Who became a judge on January 6, 2020. She was appointed. And she was gonna run to, but she withdrew on March 17, 2020. So I think she her term was up into this year. Emondola was appointed by. The Illinois Supreme Court. Any guess who the Chief Justice was?
1: Oh man, was it Miss Ann by then? Yes. Yes.
0: Patrick Murphy, he was the public guardian.
1: The child, he became big lawyer. Yeah.
0: He became judge in 2004, but he actually won his election. He was a kind of stand up guy. Out of all these people,
2: mm-hmm. he at
0: least won his election outright the first time while i was writing this i kept wondering if i am seeing conspiracies where none exist because on one hand i've read articles about both dcfs's ineptitude and their racial bias on the other hand we have a man who the doj has called thoroughly corrupt And was the gatekeeper for the Democratic Party in Chicago, and especially for judges. Okay. He obstructed the first black mayor of Chicago. This is news from this week. In his pretrial motions, his lawyers are trying to squash his anti-Semitic comments. What I'm left with at the end of the day, there's so many things that make me just stabby, ragey. how no, we, as a society, treat people who have authentically done what it takes to re- rehabilitate themselves, to make themselves better. Like, Tina Olsen jumped through every hoop, and it wasn't enough. We vilify people for not getting clean, and then when they get clean, we vilify them that they weren't always clean.
1: Yes. No, your point is... Very well taken that here is the prescribed path for you to take to get to where we want you to be. Oh, well, you did that prescribed path? You're still not who we want to see.
0: Yeah, and it happens. It was a thing when I was in Michigan, beginning of the year, where one of the judges had hired an an ex-con to work for them. And it was like an ex-con who was like qualified, went to law school ex-con. And everybody was up in arms because it was a Supreme Court judge. But it's like, what do we do with, what's the point of rehabilitating yourself? Or you're always going to be seen less than.
1: Yes. If you'll, rehabilitation says re, re, that's another chance. That's a second. If you're not willing to give anyone a second chance, that's why some people hide their shit as long as they can. Right? Because
0: And yeah, so that's one of the things that just, it just. The system, there's a reason people can't get out of the system once they're in the system. Yes. The system is set up to keep you in the system. And that was an fun episode. I did warn you it was going to be icky.
1: Yes, you did. And you were correct. But it's like a a sideline to, but there's always a sideline to this stuff, right? It's. The whole time, all of this was also happening. So,
0: well, yeah. Th- yeah, this is happening, and and I think it's an important story to look at. I think it's an important part of the Ed, Bur- Ed Burke story. Mm-hmm. So, anything you want to plug?
1: No, not at this moment. I will leave your listeners with whatever emotions they're having right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, one of the things I really wanted to do was to have the listeners draw their own conclusions. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why we don't end up with any metaphors about the river. But listeners, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, hit the subscribe button faster than the Burke's baptized baby tea. Leave a five-star review and tell your friends. Also, tune in next week to experience schadenfreude over Ed Burke's legal woes.
2: All right.